Today we're going to speak with an American film actor and television host. He's also an actor, producer, and casting director, and he's known for his reoccurring roles on an award-winning series, plus an appearance on a major NBC sitcom. Oh, and he's also a Messianic Jewish rabbi. Next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And it's another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. I think this is episode 314. Uh, Steve Lacey gets on my case because I never know the episodes, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's episode 314. Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, folks. We are so glad you're here. And uh, speaking of Steve Lacey, he, my friend and associate, is not here today, but he'll be with us next week. So you got me, plus we have a guest today. And I do want to say before we start that this Church Solutions Podcast is brought to you by My Church Daily mychurchdaily.com. You can look it up later, but this is a a product that actually we have put together uh, that allows you to be on uh, Amazon Echo devices, Alexa devices. You can do flash briefings. You can do it every day. You can upload some short audio, three or four minutes long, and do a flash briefing, maybe a little longer. And we've set that up for churches to do and help churches connect more with their people on a regular basis. There's millions of people now using the uh, Alexa devices, the Amazon Echo devices. And so check it out. There's a free trial. Just go to mychurchdaily.com. Alrighty. So now that I got the business out of the way, my guest today is an American film actor and television host. I've known him for a long time. He's an active producer and casting director. I'll have to ask him why he has failed to cast me in any of any of these roles, but we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, he's also known for his recurring role in the award-winning series, The Chosen. And uh, he's also had appearances with Ted Danson and Holly Hunter on NBC's Mr. Mayor. And uh, he will soon appear, uh, this this bio may be a little dated, but he will soon appear as uh, one of the leads in the upcoming Western called The Righteous Twelve. We'll get to that in a moment. He's also hosted over 100 TV episodes for primetime Christian broadcasting, and it's that's seen on cable television networks and markets in the U.S. as well as satellite. And this is something, Steve, I didn't know. I didn't know that you were actually, you have experience with firearms and you're a retired martial arts instructor. I didn't know that. Well, see there, always Uh, something new to learn about an old friend. and, And a certified scuba diver. And licensed motorcycle driver. Do you do you do your own stunts now in movies? I mean, what's the deal with that? Well, I'm too old. I'm too brittle. <laughs> I can I can relate to that. Well, folks, please welcome Steve Schmidt to the Church Solutions Podcast. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. It's great to see you, Phil. It's good to see you. We go back a long ways. I think when back when I was with uh, KVOI, KGMS, years before that, and I can't believe we we haven't had you on before. But you are actually. A, I guess I would say a semi-retired pastor because uh, you were here in Tucson as uh, pastoring a Messianic Jewish church. Did I get that right? Messianic yeah. Jewish. And uh, you did that for how many years? Uh, I was the lead rabbi at Beth Shalom for about 27 years. 
okay. in ministry wow. in Tucson for the better part of 30 years, because yeah. I also led Book of Life Community Church. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, I know that very well. So, so Steve, uh, it is good to have you here. And I thought it would be interesting today to have you on because uh, you're still doing maybe some ministry. Is that yes. right? You're doing some yep. ministry. You're now based out of New Mexico. Uh, but uh, uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the uh, uh, the movie business and the TV business, because I know that you were, I, I knew you were kind of involved in doing some stuff here in Tucson, but uh, you transitioned out of being the rabbi into being on television and movies. Uh, when did that happen and how did that happen? Well, a little background. Before I got into ministry, I was actually a stage actor. I, you know, I did the acting, the singing, the dancing, the whole nine yards. Okay. Uh, so professionally speaking, that was my first love. And I did step away from that for many years. Um, but towards the end of my tenure there in, in Tucson, um, I got, I, I took a sabbatical and I took a class on screen acting because I'd never done screen acting before. And I wanted to see if it, I might be interested, if I still enjoyed acting, if I was any good at it. And uh, I got the bug back, man. So oh. that was in 2005, uh, 20, what, what are we, we're 21 now, <laughs> 2015, I think it was. Okay, okay. and it's kind of hard. I get, I get tripped up on all that too. Uh, I can't believe it when people say they were born in 2007. I'm like, what? You're born in 2000? That's fake. Are you even old born. enough to say that? I know, right? You know, it's crazy. <laughs> so, so you got the bug back. Uh, let me back up the tape a little bit, though. So you you grew up, you know, doing some of the some of this, you know, acting. Uh, why did you get away from it? Could, I mean, and the most common thing I hear from people who are waiting tables in Los Angeles or whatever is, you know, couldn't get a job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> couldn't get a job to support themselves. I guess it's nice I mean, to eat too, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean, was I mean, you were in it for a little bit when you were young. What got you out of it and got you into ministry? Uh, that, that was a part of it, wanting to get into a solid um, career, as it were, to, to live a normal yeah. life and raise a family, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but also, there, there was, um, I found that the, the theater world was a bit challenging to my faith. There's, there's a lot going on in the shadows um, mm -hmm. that just I wasn't comfortable with. And right. as a new believer, just it was a wiser move for me to step away. Okay. Interesting. All right. So, um, so you got in, involved in ministry. And as you mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, uh, Messianic, uh, uh, and then um, you, you, you begin to, you took the sabbatical. When you took the sabbatical back in 2015, uh, I mean, were you planning to go back into ministry or you just said, I'm taking a sabbatical, which I think everybody should take. I think anybody that's been in ministry, I was in ministry for, you know, well over four decades. And I, I really never took a sabbatical, at least for a year. And I'm not even sure if, if you took one for a year, but, but I just looking back on it, I, I wish I would have done. I wish I would have taken advice, but anyhow, getting back to my question for you. So when you took the sabbatical, I mean, did you, were you just having it, did you just lay it out there and go, ah, we'll see what God says. Or uh, did you think, yeah, I'll be back in six months or a year. I mean, was this quite a turn for you? Were you surprised? That you it was didn't... a shorter sabbatical. Um, okay. I think it was a one month. I, I'm not. Oh, that's all. Yeah, it was a small okay. sabbatical. One okay. month, three months. I don't remember which, but okay. that's, yeah. it was one to three months. 
And yeah, the intention was to rest up and, and come back in swinging. But after the sabbatical, I was still like, no, I'm not ready. I'm tired. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Okay. All right. a, I tried to rest up, but I needed more than that. Yeah. So yeah I needed to step did. away. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, and I think more pastors and we have pastors listening to this and people involved. And I think that's, that's probably, I mean, would you would probably advise, right. Looking back, Hey, when you have an opportunity to take a sabbatical, take it. Would you say that's true? I would say if you don't have an opportunity, make one. And if you can't make one, go somewhere else. There you go. <laughs> because if you burn out, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you, you got the bug back to getting the acting. Yeah. What happened next? Cause I know in Tucson there, there was, there's some opportunities, not as much as there were maybe 30 years ago, but there, there, there were some opportunities to do some, some, some acting here. Uh, how did you get back into it? Well, I did a lot of reading to find out what it took to work as a screen actor mm-hmm. and uh, assembled my resume and my uh, demo reel and my headshot submitted myself to representation to, to some of the agencies up in Phoenix. And I did hear back from one of them. So I got an agent uh, pretty quickly, which was cool. And then I started looking for opportunities through networking, Facebook, things like that. I also started the Tucson Actors Network. Okay. Uh, I wanted to build up a community of people to rehearse together and just to, you know, work the industry together. Okay. And um, it wasn't too long after that, that uh, I learned that um, Chuck Williams was coming back to town to make the feature film Amazed by You. And I connected with him, uh, ended up helping him produce the film and became one of the actors in the film. And um, just opportunity after opportunity, you, you know, you hunt it down, you dig it up, you audition and you get a role. And, and look, um, no offense, but you're no spring chicken. I mean, you know. Right. I mean, isn't it really difficult for people your age? <laughs> sound like I sound like you're like 102, but 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 I mean, isn't it difficult? You know, to 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 work in that business when you have some gray hairs, or or is that just a misnomer? Well, yes and no. It's difficult making any major transition in life at this age, but if you're in the midst of one, hey, now's the time to do it, right? <laughs> Okay. How old are you, by the way? I'm there. <laughs> He's not going to tell us. All right. That's fine. I'll Google it. Uh, so, I, I play roles in my 50s. How's that? Okay. All right. Good. So uh, that's fine. So, uh, so far, what has been the biggest thing for you so far? The biggest, you know, role, I guess, or opportunity that you've been able to take? I guess it'd be a toss up between the uh, small recurring co-star role I have in The Chosen, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, just recently uh, hit over 300 million views on the app. Wow. Try what to- is The Chosen? Tell us what The Chosen is. It's um, a t- television series about the life of Christ from the perspective of people who met him. Okay. So, yes, Jesus is one of the stars of the show, but so are the disciples and people you wouldn't expect to be stars of the shows like Nicodemus, some of the Pharisees. And it's a, it's a serial about the lives of these people as it follows some of the story of the Bible. There's a lot of backstory and drama that's just made up. And then it intersects with actual biblical story. Okay, so there's a little bit of liberty is what you're yeah. saying, right? Okay. Yeah. So uh, let me guess, what do you play a rabbi? You got it. <laughs> 
How did I guess that? Uh, awesome. So, so how can people see the chosen? I, I mean, I know I've heard of it and honestly, I have not watched it, but how do, how do I see it? Where, where can I watch it at? I guarantee you, brother, you watch this, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to binge it. And number two, you're going to invite me back because you're going to want to talk about it. All right. That sounds good. So is it a Netflix deal or what? What? How do um, I get the, it? The number one way to see it is simply download their app. Okay. There's a free app. And if you download the app, then you can cast it to your television and watch it that way okay. or just watch right. it on your phone or iPad or whatever. Okay. Um, it's on several platforms. It's on Peacock. It's uh-huh. on um, Pure Flix. It's on, I think, Voodoo and uh, Christians. I don't know. There's, there's several of them. I'm, I'm not sure what they all are. Voodoo's the Christian one, right? Oh, no, I know. I'm I don't think Voodoo's a, oh, yeah. because the word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being funny. All right. That's uh, the radio thing. Uh, all right. Well, okay. That's interesting. So The Chosen. All right. I will definitely yeah. check it out. I'll definitely and do that. Yeah. I'm in episodes four and eight of season one. Okay. All right. Good. And then I happen to see you on uh, a TV series called Mr. Mayor. And that stars, of course, the famous Ted Danson and, and Holly Hunter. I was surprised Holly Hunter was in that. And, and you were in it as a rabbi. <laughs> and, hey, and- just, just to break it up a little, in um, The Righteous 12, which is coming out at the end of January, okay. I play a gunslinging cowboy. So I can do more than just be a rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> all right do you perform well, do marriages do, do you do you perform marriages in that movie the, the righteous <laughs> no right. but i do do because i am a religious cowboy <laughs> well there you go all right well we'll talk about that in a moment so mr mayor yeah. uh and, and is that being renewed it on is. nbc okay yeah and you were in it as as a rabbi and uh, how, how did you get that part and and i was really i i, I knew you were in it because i actually follow you on facebook don't tell anybody that. But uh, uh, and I, you had mentioned that you were going to be in it. I thought oh, this will be interesting. We'll get to see you know uh, Steve just you know get his get a headshot or something. But you actually had some some lines in that movie. Uh, you were in it or TV, I should say, and you were in it uh, in several shots. So how, how how did that whole thing develop? How did you get on that? Well, the way it happens in the industry, um, your agent is constantly getting what's called breakdowns okay. from casting director offices. That, hey, we need this person who fits, you know, it might say something like um, somebody who's in their 40s and 50s to play an Orthodox rabbi. Um, This is the date it's going to film. This is what it, you know, the contract is it's under. Uh, This is the network it's playing on. And here's the audition side. She would respond to the casting director with a headshot and my resume and my reel Mm -hmm. and say, hey, would you like to take a look at Steve to audition? They would then respond to the cat, the uh, talent agent. Yes, we want to see his audition. And then she would send me the breakdown and say, you need to send in your tape by such and such a time. Here's your lines. I memorize the lines. I find another actor to read the other part for me. And I videotape it. And then I email it off. And then I wait to see if I booked it and maybe get a call back. So you didn't actually have to go to Los Angeles to Hollywood to do this, you, you actually taped it and sent them the tape, the file. Exactly. That's, that's how almost all editions are done nowadays. Really? Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Wow. That's interesting. Well, it saves a little bit of gas. Uh, so, so they got your tape or whatever you want to call it. I guess it's not a tape, but uh, they got your file, your, your video. And they said, yeah, we'll, we'll go with this guy. 
Yeah. And, and then, so they contact you or your, your, your agent contacts you probably mm-hmm. and says, you got the gig, pay me. Exactly. And, and then, and then uh, you fly out there and how many days were you there uh, filming? Um, the filming itself was one day, Okay, but I had to get there a day early for a COVID test uh, and yeah. for wardrobe. Yeah. So the day before was the COVID test and wardrobe. Then um, there was a, another day where I just had to wait I think for that COVID test to come through. So that was a 24 to 48 hour window. The next day we filmed the next day I flew home. Uh, And and, you know, with wardrobe, I mean, you already had it, right? You should have said, I'll just bring what I have here. (laughs) Bring my working clothes. (laughs) Well, you know, when you're working with NBC, you don't need to do that. That's right. It's NBC. So, uh, wow. So that, that's fascinating. Now, have you been in situations and I'm going to get off track here a little bit, but where you, you know, you memorize your lines and then it's, it's, you know, it's action and you forget your lines. Have you ever uh-huh. had that happen? What yes. happens when you do that? A lot of it's stress, adrenaline and embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you just do it again. You, okay. There's always somebody on set. You can just say, Oh, what's my line or line. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've and seen some of that. So uh, can you improvise a little bit? Can you, do they allow you to ad lib at all or no, it no, de- you can't. Do it that. depends it, from program to program, set to set. Television mm-hmm. is a, you usually no. Mm-hmm. movies, film is usually a yes. Right. And there's some flexibility in both of those. Yeah. I've heard about that on movies, but uh, okay. So uh, interesting. So how was your interaction? I mean, any, anything interesting uh, when you were, you know, filming the Mr. Mayor, I mean, did you enjoy the time? Did you, was it all you thought it was going to be or disappointed? Oh, it was fabulous. Uh, I was just like, how can I do more of this? I love this. Yeah. This is where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to do. And I can't wait to do it again. That's yeah. how I felt. Great. Good. Good. Well, good. Well, maybe you'll get an opportunity again. Who knows, right? Yeah. Maybe they'll bring the rabbi back or they might, and I'm always yeah. auditioning for something, so you never know what's going to happen. Well, you might get a, a show, you know, what, what do they call that? A spinoff show or something? Oh, the L.A. Rabbi. How cool would that be? Wouldn't that be cool? That's a great yeah. idea. So, look, if, you know, if you develop that, make sure, you know, make sure I get a little bit of credit for that, okay? Maybe you could cast me in it since you're a casting director. Bring you in on it, huh? I mean, look at me. I mean, I could certainly play some kind of a character, probably an evil guy, right? Probably a bad guy. <laughs> You know, my first thought looking at you would be a hippie guru. Oh, thanks a lot. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I'll take it. You know, if it, uh, if it buys me lunch, I'll take it. Right. All right. So uh, we've got some time here. The Righteous 12. That is coming out, you said, in January. It's a movie. Yeah. The premiere is in Tucson, January 29th. Wow. I will be back in Tucson for the premiere at the um, Elkhorn Mall at the theaters there. Which theaters are those? Century 21, I think. I think so. I'm not a big so. movie guy. My wife could tell you. Uh, so, so that's coming, that's coming here. Now it was that was most of that filmed here in Tucson. Most of it was filmed in the great, greater Tucson area within two okay. hours of Tucson. Okay. All right. All right. So outside the Tucson area. Yeah. I um, mean, we did film yeah. a couple of days at old Tucson studios. Okay. We yeah. filmed at a place near the airport <clears throat> called Harker's Creek. It's a old West museum. Okay. And, um, then off towards Benson and then way out West at a place called Keylock Ranch, Keylocko Ranch and um, Gammon's Gulch was the place out by Benson. And then in between Gammon's Gulch and Tucson, there's the uh, Mezcal 
set, which Old Tucson Studio owns, where part of Tombstone was shot, and several other westerns we filmed there as well. Okay, wow, interesting. How 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 long did that all take? I mean, I'm sure it took months, right, or longer. Um, most of the photography was done in a month. Really, that's yeah. pretty quick. Wow, that's pretty quick. Awesome. All right, and 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 your so your role in this one coming up uh, is is a. Uh, a cowboy? Are you are you an outlaw? I can't remember. You said no. A righteous I am, what are you? I'm I'm actually a righteous cowboy to use oh, the word. Okay. That attaches himself to an outlaw band and tries to bring them the gospel. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So so it's a Christian movie. It it is a faith-based film, yeah. Okay. All right. The the reason I hesitate in answering that is because it's not a Christian movie in the traditional sense. It's not evangelical. The storyline isn't the gospel. The storyline isn't biblically based. The storyline isn't preaching a sermon. It's it's about uh, a bunch of desperados going to get vengeance with a spiritual twist. Ah, okay. The Righteous 12. So that's that's coming out in January. And uh, here in Tucson, Arizona, it will be the premiere. And then uh, I assume it will be in other places around the yes. country. Yeah. And let me uh, let me throw this out there. There's two showings on the 29th, seven o'clock and nine p.m. The seven o'clock okay. is sold out. At least half the tickets are gone for nine p.m. So if anybody oh. wants to get to the premiere, uh, AvondalePictures.com, okay. AvondalePictures.com, and then they can order their tickets in okay. and uh, see the show first thing. But since I know you and we're such good friends, uh, you'll get me tickets, right? I couldn't even get me tickets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, let me ask you something a little more on a serious note. And this this has to do with kind of the current events. Um, the the Alec Baldwin movie, uh, it's called Rust. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and the terrible tragedy of the, the shooting that happened there. Uh, since you've got a little bit of familiar, familiarity with this, plus you also are uh, have experience with firearms, which, again, I didn't know. I would have been nicer to you in the past had I known that. But uh, <laughs> But 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 with with that happening, I mean, are you up to date on that? I mean, you probably just watch the news on it. I mean, is that something live ammo, uh, which is not supposed to be on the set, right? Uh, yeah, and, and for those people, that, be, there yeah, never should be live ammo anywhere near the set and anywhere near those guns. Yeah, and in case people don't know, I mean, I think everybody would know, but but Alec Baldwin is a movie he's involved with called Rust. And uh, it's a Western and, uh, uh, you know, he has a prop gun. I mean, it's, it's a real gun, but it's supposed to have blanks in it. Uh, and he, he ends up, unfortunately and tragically, uh, shooting the uh, cinema, the uh, cinema, cinemographer. I can't get, um, is that the right uh, word? Cinematographer. Cinematographer. Okay. Uh, but, but uh, he ends up shooting her, you know, obviously accidental. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and she dies. And the, the director, I think, was also wounded. Uh, so what, what's your take on that? What, what do you think? I mean, just your take on that whole thing. I mean, my goodness, it's just, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out how it could have happened without having been there myself, just reading some of the news reports. But as you mentioned, and as I affirmed, there should not have been any live ammo on that set. Furthermore, there should have been an armorer or a prop master who checked the weapon before handing it to the actor himself and properly should have handed the weapon to the actor, showing the actor what was in it. And that would assume the actor knows a blank from a real live round anyway. 
And I would, I don't know if Alec Baldwin would or not, but obviously all those things failed. There was Lime Emma on the set. Obviously the prop master didn't check it because there it was. And then obviously Alec Baldwin didn't see it or didn't know, you know, tail from bottom for right. if there was live round in it. Um, go ahead. And then I was going to say, the other thing is it's, it's not always possible, but it's always advisable and it depends on how it's being directed. But like when I was in the righteous 12, there were times when I had to point my gun at crew members I was going to ask you that. And so what I did is I made sure that I raised my weapon, lowered my weapon, or moved it between crew members, even if they were 10, 15, 20 yards away. And I was shooting blanks because it's just good gun safety, never to point a gun at somebody. And even blanks can be dangerous. Well, yeah, I was going to mention that. I mean, there's people, I think, was it Bruce Lee that was uh, killed by a a blank, I think? Uh, I think it was his son. His son was killed. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so even blanks are, are dangerous. Yeah. They, they have concussive force. They're, they're little right. bombs going off as it were. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I used to do a lot of shooting and a lot of reloading too. And I would experiment my, with my reloads to, you know, to, to do things. And so uh, I, I have a little bit of an understanding too about that, but yeah, just, just a tragedy there on that whole deal. So, so I was going to ask you, you had experience obviously firing, uh, firing pistols on movie sets, especially with the Righteous 12. And so you just mm-hmm. described how you do it. Um, uh, you know, there's the controversy is uh, not just the fact that the armorer should have checked it all and then the, whoever the next step was, but also some people say, well, the actor should also be aware of what's going on and should know. Do, do you subscribe to that? I mean, you just mentioned Alec Baldwin should have maybe looked at it. Is that something, is that protocol that actors themselves when they get the weapon or even it's a prop should know or should know how to. I'm not experienced enough to know if it's protocol, but it certainly should be that the prop master or the armorer should have a session with anybody on set, especially the actors who are going to handle firearms, give them firearm safety and show them what a safe gun looks like and what a, unsafe gun looks like and and how to use it not to point it at anybody you don't intend to shoot not to put your finger on the trigger till you're ready to shoot it right explanation as to the dangers of a blank and etc etc yeah and i think in alec baldwin's case i mean i think the the script uh called for him to be pointing the gun at the camera uh and i've seen shots like that before you know in movies where they you know they zoom in and they've got somebody pointing and pulling the trigger. So I think in his situation, he was just doing what the script called for. Right. Um, I don't necessarily fault yeah, him. Yeah. Um, there are ways of doing that though, without somebody standing in front of the camera. Mm, okay. And, you know, well, really sad. Mm. All right. Well, I know that they're still investigating a lot. All right. So uh, we're, we're just about out of time here, but uh, uh, your involvement now as an actor um, what would you say to somebody listening to this podcast or watching us uh, who has a desire to maybe get involved in, in, in acting and get involved in, in some kind of, how would you, what would you tell them as advice you would give them? If they really want to get involved, I would encourage them to read up on what's involved. Uh, go to backstage.com, read some articles. 
and uh, then connect with some local independent filmmakers, uh, students at the local university making their film classes, take some classes um, at the local community college level and um, audition or volunteer to do some background work. So you can begin to get familiar with what set life is like and then start talking, asking questions and hone your craft. Okay. But it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's if you want to do it professionally and you want to do it regularly, it's hard, hard hustle. Yeah, I, I bet it is. I mean, you, you have to really stay on top of things. People aren't going to come looking for you unless you're exactly a big name actor. Exactly. And, and even at that, you worked hard to get to that point. I, I, I remember I was watching an old Star Trek movie recently. Uh, the one I can't remember, it was the the one where they were getting the whales or something. I don't know if you're a Star Trek person, yeah, but uh, they said, do you remember? That was a good movie. And uh, but there was a there was actually a, an extra on the set that that uh, she ended up getting a speaking part because she she just said something. At, she was just an extra and she had lived in, and, and the director loved it so much that they they had to they used it. But they had to get her in. They had to get her signed up for the Actors Guild and and all that stuff. I thought that was interesting. I don't think she ever did anything after that but they did disliked her spontaneous you know her spontaneity i guess is the word for it and uh so interesting wow yeah so uh so steve uh i mean would people could can people reach out to you is there a way people could you know if they had questions for you about sure. acting i mean is there some way they could you know uh, reach out to you how, how could they do that uh, first and foremost, just to check into my career and follow along, uh, IMDb is a good place. Look me up on IMDb. My name okay. is Steve Shermet and see okay. what I'm doing, what's coming down the pike. Or my own website, stevesharmet.com. Oh, okay. Another place to go. And people can message me on stevesharmet.com. But I'm most active on uh, Facebook and Instagram. All right. So good people deal. message me there or reach out to me there. I'll, I'll, I'll respond. Yeah, I, I think, uh, not sure I see you on Instagram, but uh, I think you blocked me on Facebook, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> Steve Schermitt has been our guest today in the Church Solutions podcast. Steve, it's been a pleasure. I'm, I just, I'm really excited for you and very happy for you. Thanks, Phil, man. Really appreciate that. Yeah, this is good. I'm glad to hear that. And so, again, uh, we'll, we'll plug the Righteous Twelve. Uh, coming out here in Tucson, we have people listening and watching this all over the place, but uh, The Righteous Twelve debuting in Tucson in the end of January. What were the dates again, Steve? I didn't January know 29th is the premiere. Okay. And then it should be moving around the country after that. Okay. The Righteous Twelve. All right. Good deal. And then also, as we were talking about earlier, The Chosen. You can uh, you can download the app to watch The Chosen series and you could, you know, find it on those other uh, platforms that we mentioned earlier here in the podcast. So good, good deal. I'm definitely going to do that. I'll turn my wife onto that as well. I think she'll like that a lot. So yeah, I look forward to hearing from you afterwards. Uh, you know what? Well, yeah, absolutely. We'll have you back on again. I mean, uh, we certainly will. I don't know why we never did before, but you know, it's probably my personal issues or something. So, so, so Steve. I blocked you on Facebook. <laughs> oh, well, that's probably had something to do with it. All right. So, all right. Well, uh, Steve, again, thank you so much. Ciao, Phil. All right. And folks, thank you for uh, 
uh, spending some time with us today on the Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, uh, we do all sorts of things here with streaming video and mobile apps and websites and and then of course mychurchdaily.com look that up but if we can help you in any way your church your ministry uh, that's what we're all about we got a great team here that will do that uh, steve lacy's not here today so we will bid him uh we will bid everybody farewell on behalf of steve and uh folks take care of yourselves have yourself a great day and we'll catch you next time on another edition of the church solutions podcast <music>